Do you know what it will entice you to clean? If your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products. Well, enter Clorox. They can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut. It cleans like Clorox and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect, whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee. Sounds perfect. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, Talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Yeah, absolutely no one. I know this. Get this, Nair. Yes, Nair, the OG, has leveled up. They've got these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell absolutely amazing. I know this is not the smell that you're thinking of from the 90s when your mom first pulled this out for you. These smells will light up your bathroom, honestly. They'll make your shower experience better. It smells like a spa, actually. Oh, yeah. And how do you know this? Well, I just, I mean, Nair's in the household. So anytime Nair's used, it smells like a spa. You probably don't even know what it does. It takes hair away. <laughs> it works in as little as three minutes. You don't have to bother with nicks, cuts, shaves, and the smooth lasts so much longer than shaving. You're also not going to have to deal with any of those shave bumps or anything like that because the bumps are just as annoying as the nicks, right? Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all the nasty chemicals like phthalates and sulfates. So you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin and you could have a little bit of a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. And as Ben, Ben smelled for himself and he likes it. It's Ben approved. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. It's another episode of the Almost Famous Podcast. And hey, I want to start this thing out by saying and reminding everybody that once again, Ashley, Kennedy, and Jared are opening up a coffee shop. Uh, and it's going to be a bar, coffee shop. It's going to be awesome. They're using generous coffee. Last night, Ashley, yeah. and this is why I wanted to mention it, uh, we had our 
generous ambassador call. There's about 200 people across the U.S. that represent generous um, voluntarily and uh, told them about the opening of your shop. Uh, uh, they were so pumped, so excited for, for generous Aww. to be there. So, Oh, thank you. We're excited. Your girls are coming out. Your reps are coming out to teach us how to make some specialty yep. coffees next week. Stuff that you serve out in Denver. We're very excited. We... I'm, I'm excited to taste test and all yeah. that good stuff. They're going to be great. And they're pumped for it too. So the generous team is going to show up in Rhode Island for this big, yep. big deal. Uh, all right, let's dive into it. Um, we obviously got Dr. Joe coming on here in just a second. We're going to spend a lot of time with him today uh, talking everything paradise, everything COVID, um, getting his advice and insight uh, into all the crazy stuff happening in paradise and also in the world that we live in today. Uh, but Ashley, um, huge news. Coming out of uh, Bachelor Nation, we have a new host for The Bachelor. Jesse Palmer was announced. Uh, Ashley, just take it away. What are your thoughts? Okay. Well, um, I heard this rumor last week, and I thought, hmm, okay, that'll work. I mean, he definitely is, like, the most natural fit if we're going to, like, oh, God, I can't even use the word replace, but, like, if we're going to have a Chris Harrison-like figure, he works very much in that place. Um, I don't think Chris Harrison can be replaced. I think he will always be missed as part of this franchise. I asked people on Twitter, you know, how are you feeling about this choice? So many of the people say like, oh, it's not Chris. It's not Chris. And a lot of people are saying it's not Wells because a lot of people wanted it to be Wells after this season of Paradise. Um, but Overall, I don't see any like real negativity towards it. Not, you know, some people are like, oh, they're just putting another. They're just putting somebody just so much like Chris into the role. Um, But I don't really ha I don't personally I, I I just feel like it kind of fits. I'm I'm cool with it. How are you? I'm not like, oh, I mean, I like think he's the sweetest guy. We had him on the yeah. podcast. I really like him. I think he's great at what he does. I think he'll feel like a very natural fit. It's not going to feel weird to have him there. What do you think? I think he'd be a terrible host of the Senior Citizen Bachelor show, and that's why they need because me. Because that is your role. That's my role now. Uh, <laughs> that's your job. You know, I think it's it's actually more surprising to me. Uh, not really? because of Jesse. Like, Jesse has been really nice to us. Uh, I've been at a few events with him. He obviously has uh, a lot of history hosting different things. Like, he's really, you know, gone across Spirits. the board from sports to uh, daytime talk, to, uh, you know, Good Morning America, to, yeah. uh, you know, he's really, is really uh, well-versed in the hosting space. I think there's a few things that are surprising me. One person I have to get off my chest. I hope at this point now, my biggest criticism has always been from the public that they're grooming me to replace Chris Harrison, that I'm just their golden boy, that they're always going to try to groom to be the next Chris Harrison. I hope at this point that conversation is done. Like, it's never been the case. It is just kind of, you are also a very natural seeming fit. I don't think anybody would have thought it was weird if you were chosen. Uh, I think a lot, I actually think there have been more excitement about it because you are like more quote relevant in Bachelor Nation now. A lot of people don't even know that Jesse came from the franchise because he was the Bachelor back in 2004. I mean, you were the Bachelor, gosh, like even a decade beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I would have loved to see you be no. the host, even I'm if that meant you had to take a break from the podcast. Yeah, never. I'm not leaving. But I also feel like you're just about to say that you want that narrative to die. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I just, I think it's, I think it was unfair because it was just never the case. Now, I am surprised. Now, let me qu- say this too. I am surprised that Wells was not the the chosen choice. I think he would have. Was it really never in the running? They never called you about it. They never picked your brain. No, this is a good headline. No, I was never. I never got the call. I'm I'm actually semi surprised. They didn't like kind you of are like, a little. Okay, good. I'm glad you're surprised. Well, I, I just thought like, hey, they would have like called and been like, do you have at all interest in this? Like, what do you think? Um, but I never got a phone call, like not even a hint, not even a text. Um, and so I don't either that says that they've known it's Jesse for a long time. Uh, again, this is nothing against Jesse. I am surprised it wasn't Wells. I think Wells has done a terrific job in paradise. I think he has worked really hard in paradise. Like, I don't think people realize just how much he does as a bartender in paradise, uh, for very little pay. Um, maybe he will be the paradise host. I still think that's a, a possibility and I think it would be I- a good choice was going to say it makes sense to me if Wells is the paradise host. It would make sense to me. Um, I don't think this. uh, Yeah, I I think I'm with you where it's like, okay, I mean, it's just not it's not a shakeup. You know, it's not the new trajectory. It is it is replacing Chris. And that's hard to do. I think Jesse's shoes are going to be massive to fill. I think it's going to be really hard for him to do. I think Caitlin and Tasha kind of had the benefit of the doubt because they've been on the show before. And I think uh, people were just like intrigued by how they would navigate it. And they both weren't professional hosts necessarily. And so people kind of were just like, let's just see if they have fun with it. And they did. I'm not mad at it. Uh, I'm not, I don't think it's like a, ter- I don't think it's like, oh my gosh, it's a terrible choice. I don't see the criticism right now being about Jesse. I just think it's like, okay, like, cool. Yeah. I like had like very little reaction. I was like, I'm fine with that. Sure. I wonder who they did call. Like, I wonder if Robin, I thought Robin Roberts would have been a terrific replacement. It's what I was just going to ask you. Who was like your lofty dream host that you were like, that person's probably not going to do it. Uh, yeah. But I think they'd be great. So my choice is Michael Strahan. Yeah. So mine's Robin Roberts. I think Robin okay. Roberts, I've met her personally many times. She's always been incredibly intentional about conversations when when I'm on Good Morning America. She's calmed my nerves when I've been nervous on Good Morning America. Um, she like has uh, she knew about my coffee without ever being a focus Aww. on the show. She asked me about generous coffee and how it was going, and she just said, "Hey, I'm real. It's like really cool to see what you're doing." Like she knew all this, and I was just like, "That that's who you want as a host. Like you want that character or that person to care outside the show just as much as they do on the show." And so, like, my lofty goal was, like, Robin Roberts, incredible host of The Bachelor. Cool. Mine was Michael Strahan for a very similar reason. It's just funny that they're both the GMA hosts. Uh, He's so warm, and I think that he can have those, like, heart-to-heart conversations without being weird. I feel like he would have brought a little humor to the show, a little lightheartedness, but not, like, overdoing it. And he is that he's so personal. Like when we've been on Good Morning America, I'm like, I can't believe that one. I mean, Giants fan. So this is like even cooler for me. But like he'll come in the backstage area and he'll like hang for a little while just with the guests. And then he remembers us and we're just like these bachelor people, you know. So like I'm not like a celebrity to be remembered. And then um he like FaceTimed my friend backstage. He's just so warm and cool. And that would have been awesome. But, uh, but again, that man is so freaking busy. It wouldn't have been at 
all on his agenda to even consider. Uh, money speaks. Who knows? Um, but no, <laughs> I think those are two good choices. Yeah, again, uh, Jesse's been great to us. He's a super nice guy. I know we'll have him on the podcast now as uh, the new host of the show. Nothing against him. I'm just a little surprised uh, with the right. choice. Uh, it's. It, I think it threw me off, and I'm like, ah, okay, like let's let's see how it works. Um, and uh, and we'll see how he does. And I'm sure he'll do, he'll do fine um, at, at, at this hosting role. I just expected a little more of a shakeup uh, as as we kind of got this like new opportunity to shake it up. And uh, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. Well, uh, one other big headline uh, of the week, uh, as we mentioned before, uh, Michelle's uh, Young's women have been revealed. We're going to uh, break those down on a whole separate podcast, a very special episode here coming up after Paradise. Michelle's men. What did you I say? Said women. You oh, said no. Women. Oh, gosh. Well, eh, it's been a long day. Anyways, um, Michelle Young's men have been revealed. So we will talk about that. Ashley and I will break it down uh, here in an upcoming episode. So just stay tuned. Um, maybe do your research beforehand. Send us in your thoughts, your questions, your concerns. Um, it feels like it's going to be a crazy season. Uh, and it sounds like Michelle does a great job as the lead. Yeah, I'm excited to see. It's going to come. Oof, it's going to be here before we know it. All right. Well, let's get Mr. Joe Park on. He's yeah. in our waiting room. We'll be right back. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So like how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? <laughs> yeah. Or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Oh, okay, I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. So one guy is spending $499 a month. He should really apply for the bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? Um, say less. This is really, really interesting. So to check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Smart Money Happy Hour and hit that subscribe button, which I just did. Your wallet and your next road trip will thank you. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. 
At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You wake up with a scratchy throat, congestion, runny nose, and cough. You know your body. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are tough it out, get sick, take some time out from work, Hope the doctor can see you this month or wait two hours at urgent care. Then you can sit in a room full of sick people or you can open your medical emergency kit, match your symptoms to the doctor's recommendation prescription. It comes with doctor prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. It has strong antibiotics for infections of all types, plus a doctor's easy guide. So you'll know exactly what to take and when no waiting to see the doctor, no waiting at the pharmacy It's all in here. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door and you get 15% off at twc.health slash famous. You can use the promo code famous. That's promo code famous at twc.health slash famous. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, well, we have Dr. Joe on the one of our favorites. One of our favorites. Hey, Dr. Joe. Hi, Joe. Just what you call me what again? Call me whatever you want. We've uh, met now three times, so yeah. Joe is fine. Seriously, I'll but I it. guess like you have to differentiate yourself from grocery store Joe. So like, 
Uh, that's fair. You know, he came first, so I'll defer to him. <laughs> whatever he wants to go by and he wants me to go by, I'm, uh, I'm good with whatever. It's funny because he comes with an official title as well. Grocery store. That's true. GSJ. Now, but I think it's now short to transition to GSJ. He just goes straight initials now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's um, he's got another echelon of bachelor, yeah. the bachelor credibility where he's just initials. I feel like that's when you really that's branded cool. yourself well is when you can start with right. something and you drop it and people still know what it refers as. <laughs> that's cool. Good for him. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Joe, I asked my uh, Twitter following. Well, actually, I don't know if I should get into this real quick, but like, let's let's do it anyway. <laughs> you, do it. You, your Bachelor in Paradise experience was sort of short lived. Uh, mm. Gotta know right off the bat, any desire? Like, did they want you to come early on, uh, or could you, for work reasons, not take off long enough? We really thought that you should be part of the original cast. Um, so obviously these decisions, uh, are not made by me. Um, this bachelor machine is very well oiled. They know what they're doing. And, uh, I trusted that process for sure. Um, they had told me a couple of times, Hey, maybe this day, maybe this day you'll be on. Um, but again, I trust, um, the people in charge. They, again, do a fantastic job and, they thought at certain points uh, the timing wasn't right. And so I came on when they thought uh, it was the the best time. <laughs> they thought it was the best time for me to be on. Interesting. But, yeah, anyway. So you could have gone in earlier. Yeah, you don't have to get too far into it. I just wonder, like, now that you say that, just how much, because it does make sense, like, if they held you back because of what was going on with Brendan. Like, they're just yeah. like, hey, we, like, this feels like throwing Joe into, like, the firing squad. And, like, we don't really want to do this to this guy. Um, yeah. That's just an interesting thought. Now, Joe, um, question for you, because it's always been intriguing to me. What in the world do you do for 12 days in quarantine in a hotel room, like without knowing when you're going to be released? Like, that's what's crazy. let's just say it's not all COVID quarantine at that point. That is just what we call being stuck in the hotel room (laughs) as a Bachelor contestant. (laughs) Um, So the first one or two days I was just kind of getting my bearings but I actually ended up being a really uh really great time I um I, I read three books I um practiced my Spanish a lot there was we had Spanish television that was available so I was brushing up on my Spanish I actually made a I folded um a, a bunch of paper hearts I folded about 112 paper hearts like origami um yeah origami um, I learned uh, every country of the world and most of their capitals. So I stretched a lot. I worked out three times a day. Um, it was very, and it was, it was so peaceful. It was great. I, I played the ukulele. I, I brought, I bought one right before and I learned it. So it was <laughs> this great. Is what a, this is what a smart, smart yeah, man does in quarantine. Say, this is not everybody's <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> no, I mean like I ate, I watched TV, I tanned. <laughs> Napped. <laughs> I, I ate a lot of guacamole as well, though. So I'm, I'm, we're on the same page. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can do without a phone yeah. and um, uh, internet. So it was, uh, but yeah, once you got into the routine, um, it was, it was really nice to wake up and have, you know, the kind of things to do, a uh, checklist of things to do. Well, that's, uh, yeah, your quarantine didn't look like everybody else's. Let's just say that. I'd love to give the Bachelor <laughs> franchise that much credit and say I can imagine that each one of these people were doing that. No, that wasn't happening. Um, 
Joe, uh, we have a lot to talk about with you today, especially around um, the vaccine and your thoughts on it. And then uh, COVID, uh, you've had COVID, but, you know, obviously, uh, as well, people are going to be very interested in your in your Bachelor in Paradise story. Uh, if you're honest, like n- no holds bar, uh, were you are, do you feel like your Bachelor in Paradise um, journey was a success? Do you feel like it kind of missed the mark? Do you feel disappointed in it? I, I, and I, let me preface this by saying to Ashley and I were sad we didn't see more of you. Um, so we would call it a disappointment from a viewer standpoint, just because we want to see more of you. But for you personally, how was it? Um, I would say it was, uh, it was semi-sweet, like, uh, like a semi-sweet chocolate. It wasn't mm-hmm. though. I'm, uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity I've been there. And, um, I did, um, have moments where I had some really great conversations with Natasha. Um, I was happy to see everyone again, producers, production. There were a couple of sound guys who, um, uh, I'd seen the first time. And so in that respect, it was great. Um, but obviously I was hoping, uh, to find something real. And, uh, I was really hoping, you know, I went in with a lot of hope and especially after quarantining for, for 12 days, I think it's only natural that the more you invest, the more expectation, maybe that's unfair, but I did have more expectation going in, um, thinking that this would be a right situation. There'd be something down the pipe. And, um, and I don't blame anyone for it. It's, it was really just a situation that was difficult for everybody and but that said i would um i'm i don't regret going but it was not um it wasn't the the best experience Mm. to put it that way yeah so i remember when we kind of tried to pry a little bit and we asked you who you'd want to go down to bachelor in paradise and hang out with and yeah. we met romantically, but you kind of like, you know, took it in a very PC, <laughs> P, you know, a very PR friendly way. Yeah. And you said you would yeah. want to go and hang out with Brendan. So your friendship with Brendan, uh, it played lots of that. roles. <laughs> uh, I guess my biggest question as far as that is, if you had known that Natasha was so entangled with him prior to asking her on the date, would you have still asked her? It was, that's a great question. There was at, when I got there, um, it was such an interesting scenario. Uh, there were people, the way I put it to people, there were people who were in relationships already or quote unquote relationships. I didn't know how Bachelor in Paradise worked really. I didn't know how off and on hot and cold things were, mm-hmm. but I got there and I talked to Kendall and she was um, obviously not in a great place. And we actually had a really fun conversation. I had bought her book the day before I left for quarantine and read a bit of it. Uh, we had some fun conversations about crabs, but clearly she was not in the <laughs> right place um, during our conversation and for understandably so. I talked to Natasha and she was still upbeat. She was breezy. She said her time there wasn't, um, wasn't great beforehand. No details, no names. It was just, hey, I, I've had a rough go. Uh, thus far, but I'm still hopeful and, and ready to make this work. Something happen, ready for something to happen. Um, so it's hard. So there were either people who are already very much in a, in a quote unquote relationship or like birds with broken wings and they're trying to fly. They're doing the best mm. they can. They're hopping around, they got a little, but they got a little crutch and <laughs> they were just doing the best they could. And uh, some people put on stronger faces and braver faces. Um, and again, that's commendable. Natasha definitely did that. And, and it was so commendable, especially after everything she went through. 
but it's a good question. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure um, what I would have done at that time. To be in fairness, I uh, I have a personal Sorry. question for you because I, I think your thoughts are going to be uh, um, wise. But you know, obviously, you go on the state with Natasha. She brings up that the person that you wanted to see in paradise, Brendan, um, had uh, you know they had their situation, uh, and obviously the public really jumped onto that. And you kind of all of a sudden were thrown into the middle of it without even knowing you're going to get thrown in the middle of it. Well, paradise is now over. Everybody's home. We've seen it play out. Paradise isn't over for everybody, but for you, it is. How are you, if you agree or disagree with Brendan's decisions, now that you've seen him, how are you being a good friend to him now? What kind of friend can you be in this moment? While, you know, if people agree or disagree, you're still a friend, I would imagine. Um, that's a really good question. And I, when I got back, you know, well, while I was in quarantine, obviously we don't know anything that happened before. And uh, I'd heard from Natasha, not everything, uh, bits and pieces. And I think that's also um, a really great of her. She didn't want to completely uh, talk about Brendan, but that second half of the day really was dominated by um, her time beforehand and the ways in which um, she had been hurt uh, during her time of practice prior to me getting there. And to be honest, at that time, my reaction uh, when I said my Brendan, it was half uh, my incredulous. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was half incredulous. And it was half. There are the Brendans. There, there was a Brendan Quinn that I, I had known about in the, in the season before. So I was just making sure we're on the same page here. <laughs> and and at that time, it really was somebody who I just met, who I did believe what she said, but it was it was talking about somebody who I had grown close with, who I got close to, obviously on the first uh, the first go around on the Bachelorette, and who I have seen and spoken to many times thereafter. And in my head, I. I really wanted, I wish I could hear his side. And when I got back home, I did hear his side. Obviously I didn't see everything that happened, but before the, the season aired, I heard his side. And at that point, again, I was still very, I wasn't sure what to think um, because I'd heard her side, now I'd heard his side. And then obviously like everyone else, um, I saw um, bits and pieces, um, the salient pieces of the first few episodes where uh, what transpired between them was aired. And I can't condone uh, anything he did. Um, he was manipulative. He lied. Um, he gaslit. And I think it was said on the show, the, 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 the hallowed, the, the, what, one thing you can't do is potentially show up on this show with something already happening mm -hmm. that obviates the whole process. And if I were a viewer uh, and that's all I knew of him on TV, I would think he's a terrible human being and really shitty for everything he did. And what he did was shitty, period. The difference in my situation is I, I've met his family. I know him to be a good friend. I know him to be a good son. I know him to be a good uncle. Um, I know him on all these facets. I know him to be the guy who drove an hour uh, when he was visiting New York to my hospital, 
gave out water for two hours uh, to all the healthcare workers in the freezing cold. Him and Kenny came by and then drove an hour back just, just to do that. I know him to be the youth basketball coach who, who gives his time to coach basketball. And so I don't agree with anything he did. And I, he knows we've talked and he knows how I feel about um, how he acted. But I, knowing the man that I know, um, the amount of time I've known him and the conversations we've had, I do think and I believe that he has learned a lot and that he can change. And he's starting, he's realizing and he can learn from this. And though he's in this storm, this awful storm that he himself created, I do, I will stand next to him through this storm mm. and I won't shield him from it, but I'll just be like, Hey, I'm, 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 I'm he's still here for you if you need me. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully, you know, again, you, you'll learn from this, but, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not easy for him. And I do think he's learning from it. No, thanks for sharing. No, 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 that was great. Um, I am just curious. What do you think it is about the show that makes good people (laughs) go bad? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I will say, I I think without question, there is a potential reward for being on the national television. Mm -hmm. There is uh, a golden, this is a potentially a golden ticket for a lot of people. Uh, ads and um, sponsorships and all these things that we see so so uh, frequently after the show, you know, everyone's doing coupon code, swipe up ad, you know, click this link, click that link, podcast, whatever. and so podcast. <laughs> oh, just the the lowest of the low. Um, but, <laughs> but so I do think it is a when there's in, there's these self this self this in, these incentives in place, it's going to lead to people trying to cheat this game. Mm-hmm. And even when they're not cheating the game, I don't think it's crazy to think that a lot of people are there because they of secondary game mm-hmm. that maybe, and this is just one man's opinion that maybe everyone isn't there just to find love that maybe mm-hmm. they're also thinking about the Instagram following about how much they can make or what can come out of it thereafter. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's what makes people go bad. I think it's just the incentive structure mm-hmm. of the show. You know, mm-hmm. just being real here. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you held your own, man. You came into it. Uh, yes, it was quick. Yes, we here feel like it wasn't enough. Um, but you exited out on a uh, on a high note. Um, you held your own, and uh, and I think for that, uh, we are happy about it. Um, we didn't want to see a good guy like you go bad, and you didn't. <laughs> but before we move on, I do have to have two more paradise questions for you, if you don't mind. Please. Okay. On TV, it seemed it seemed so abrupt that your date went from being great. And by the way, loved the speaking Spanish to her. Loved the I'm gonna switch drinks because there's a bug in yours move. It was so cute. You're such a perfect gentleman. And then all of a sudden the Brendan thing came up and like the tables turned. But I'm assuming that in real life it was probably a two was it a two hour ish sit down day and we hour, just hour and a half yeah hour and a half and then like on mm-hmm. tv we just saw it go sour real quick mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. was it that abrupt that you started having second thoughts about her because of the brendan sitch I, I 
I, when I watched it, I watched it um, with friends and it really does take you back to your mind space. Cause I was, I didn't, I saw it for the first time when everyone else saw it. And my, I think everyone thought second thoughts, but it wasn't second thoughts per se. I could tell when she had started really going into it, that she, it, it really did hurt her. Yeah. And it's just my way. And I felt the same way about Kendall. Um, because I was interested, especially after reading her book, I was interested in her. You and Kendall seem to make a lot of sense. Just knowing yeah. you both uh, a little, you know. Um, but when somebody <laughs> is hurt, my first instinct is not to think, oh, here's my chance. Like, let's make my move. I, I just wanted to say, hey. I don't know if you have anyone else out, out there in the beast. I don't know if they're in their own relationships, their own, if they're in their own space trying to make things work. I want to first and foremost, I know it's a TV show. I know it's Bachelor in Paradise and, and people are there to find love, but I still can't turn off that part of me. It's like, hey, I want you to be okay as a person. I want you to be like good. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that like relationally or unrelationally that uh, I am a safe place for you. Like period, like I'm... If you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. And so at the end of the day, I remember, I don't remember saying it, but then I watched it and I was saying, hey, like, I'll be here. You'll be here. Mm-hmm. That really was me trying to say, hey. And I told her also that wasn't aired. I said, hey, we'll also both be in New York. You know, we're both in New York. I can't wait until we, because obviously people are different on camera. Some people are different on camera than they are off camera. Mm-hmm. I meant to say, hey, when you're ready, because you literally just got through this eight hours ago. You just went through this this storm of this uh, redemption rose. It, it was the same day, you know, because the rose storm happened early in the morning. It was just me, this me saying, "Hey, like, I don't want to push this forward. When you're ready, I'm here. You're here, and when you're comfortable and you feel like you're able to kind of regroup and form that connection again, I'm here for you, and I'll be here. And uh, I don't want to again." make you uncomfortable by you know all of a sudden trying to kiss you and be mm-hmm. overly touchy and that's what that was it wasn't I, I mean Natasha's beautiful and she's intelligent and she's funny and she's very mature and I just didn't want to form a foundation on something that was um where she was in such a a, a, a hard place emotionally and that's why interviews like these are great we get to learn more about the situation. I also just got to know um, if you are such close friends with Brendan that like you must have known that he had a prior relationship with Piper. Did you ever think like, hey, dude, um, maybe you should chill this out if you're both going to paradise because you may get in trouble. So I've hung out with them uh, in group settings. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, you know, I'm not, <laughs> just you know, it's, a lot of people did. But a lot of people helped a lot of people in group settings. And that's true for like, I've hung out with Abigail a lot. Um, I've hung out with Chelsea a lot. I've hung out with Serena a lot. I've hung out with Piper a lot. And they existed in group settings all the time. I was there when they first met. We all met at the same time. So I don't think, I don't think they were in a, a full on relationship, at least before. I mean, I hadn't seen Brendan for three, two, three months prior to mm-hmm. the filming, I believe. Um, and I wasn't, I, obviously I saw the pictures online. Um, I saw like the Us Weekly article, you know, pops up on Instagram feed, but I didn't think they were in like a exclusive, exclusive relationship. 
And I don't, I still am not sure uh, if they were in fairness. Um, so if they did have a plan, obviously it's a really, it went very poorly and they shouldn't have done it. Um, but again, I'm telling you, we all, it's a small, small bachelor nation world after all. So, yeah. uh, we all hung out. It's just, uh, we haven't all made out, but we've all, <laughs> well, a lot of people, have very made important, out. very important distinction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have made out. Let's not, let's not <laughs> ignore that either. Um, the, uh, yeah, we were just talking about that. Ashley and I were texting this weekend. A lot of people were out in New York city at a, at a concert and, uh, we were yeah. texting. I was like, "Did I? Did I, I miss the invite? Like, I didn't get invited anymore." And Ashley's <laughs> like, "I don't know if uh, if we get invited to this stuff anymore." It's like, you know what? I don't know if I'm mad about it. Like, I have a pretty good thing going. I was in bed at eight thirty on Friday, so um, uh, pretty pretty pumped about great. that. Um, all right. <laughs> Well, uh, Joe, thanks for your honesty. Thanks for your openness. We're, we're not done with it yet. We got to talk uh, COVID, um, booster shots, the vaccine, uh, everything uh, medically uh, around all of that here in just a second. But let's take a break and we're going to come back with Dr. Joe. He's going to put his doctor hat on now. He's not his paradise hat. And teach us the Should thing. Should I get too. the scrub cap? Yeah, please do. Want? That'd be great. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So like how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? <laughs> yeah. Or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Oh, okay, I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. So one guy is spending $499 a month. He should really apply for The Bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? Um, say less. This is really, really interesting. So to check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Smart Money Happy Hour and hit that subscribe button, which I just did. Your wallet and your next road trip will thank you. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. 
It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You wake up with a scratchy throat, congestion, runny nose, and cough. You know your body. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are tough it out, get sick, take some time out from work, hope the doctor can see you this month, or wait two hours at urgent care, then you can sit in a room full of sick people, or you can open your medical emergency kit, match your symptoms to the doctor's recommendation prescription. It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. It has strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide, so you'll know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in here. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door, and you get 15% off at twc.health/slash. Famous. You can use the promo code FAMOUS. That's promo code FAMOUS at twc.health slash famous. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Dr. Joe, uh, you just broke down paradise with us. Uh, It's time now to talk to us about and and hopefully educate us on the vaccine. Uh, You know, there's a lot of things going on. I I just want to start with this. I, um, I, yeah, I am vaccinated, um, fully vaccinated. That was uh, a choice I made. But I have a lot of friends uh, that are, are not vaccinated. And there's a few things that I want to start out with just asking you some questions that they've asked me. Um, because I can't answer them. They're saying, hey, why would I get vaccinated if uh, I'm still going to get COVID? 
Uh, that doesn't make sense to me because that has happened in our friend group. Somebody has been fully vaccinated, gotten COVID and gotten COVID pretty bad. Uh, they were sick for a while. And so, um, that was the first question that I wanted to ask you is why would you get vaccinated if you can still get COVID? Um, that's a great question. It's a very fair question and a question that a lot of people have asked. Um, so the big thing is the Delta variants going around and though it's possible, they, the, they call them breakthrough infections. They are still exceedingly rare. Uh, 98% of infections, uh, COVID infections are from people who have not had uh, any form of the vaccine. So although there are anecdotal cases, they are exceedingly rare and much, obviously much, much, much rarer if you have the vaccine. Secondly, the fact that your friend had it pretty bad is also exceedingly rare. Next to nobody is hospitalized, even if you get it. So now one, it's rare that you get it. Two, to be hospitalized is almost unseen. And then that's very different than people who are unvaccinated. People who are unvaccinated still have much, much higher rates of getting severe disease and being uh, hospitalized from the disease. And so in that way, um, again, uh, the chance of you getting it is uh, significantly diminished and also severe disease and hospitalization significantly diminished. Um, and also kind of as a, a corollary to that, a lot of your friends and a lot of our friends probably are around the same age, uh, young adults who honestly would probably do um, okay um, health-wise because they are healthy already, but their parents might not and their coworkers might not and other people who are uh, at risk may not. So even that for yourself, for your community, for your loved ones, uh, for all those reasons, uh, it is a good idea to get vaccinated. Um, and by the way, all the, vac the, the three vaccines we use in the United States, they're all FDA approved at this point um, for people 16 and older. And so even more reason, um, yeah. Great, well, I appreciate you sharing. I am getting in, I'm getting so many questions from girls on Instagram. Uh, I know you're not an OBGYN, but so many oh, are no. like are like I'm thinking where well, you know my husband and I are trying now or I am pregnant like what did you do? Uh, I did a whole podcast on my other podcast. I don't get it about this. I I I talked to four doctors. Um different points of view for sure. Um but it was cool and I always it it helped me make my decision to get it. Uh, I actually got the shot the day after we conceived, unknowing. And then I waited until 16 weeks to get my second dose um, just because I was so sick the first you know, trimester. Um, but do you have anything to say about people worried about fertility and people worried about miscarriage or anything like that for young women? And again, knowing Bachelor Nation, I know that's a large percentage of people who um, watch the show and who are, who are fans of the show and obviously listen to these podcasts. I would say the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, ACOG, has been very clear. And I know there's anecdotes. I know there are opinions from one person, another person, and even different obstetricians probably will have different opinions about these things. But the overarching body, the rule, the governing body of all obstetricians say it is safe to get the uh, vaccine um, while you're trying to conceive, while you're pregnant, uh, while you're lactating and breastfeeding. Um, so there are no contraindications. Again, this comes from not one person's opinion, not um, anecdotal um, you know, incidents, but from the, uh, the ruling, the governing, the official organization 
that oversees all of um, obstetricians and gynecologists. And so I'll defer to their recommendations on that. Um, and they are very, they are pretty clear. And I would um, recommend anyone who's curious to, to go to ACOG's website um, to get more guidance on that. I think it's a good question because it's, it is one that gets brought up. I have a lot of friends that are getting, getting pregnant and this has been something kind of sitting over them is if it's safe mm -hmm. or not. Yeah. Um, Joe, we are going to play kind of like devil's advocate here. Cause I think the most helpful thing is not to come on here and say, you should do it. You should do it. But ask the questions that everybody mm -hmm. are asking, because I think Absolutely. Uh, education on this stuff is very important. Um, and, uh, and a lot of people have, do have a lot of different opinions. And I think at, at the same time, that's fair. You know, a lot of people are concerned. This is confusing. This is the first time in this, you know, in in this generation's life that they've kind of been asked to do something by a governing body. And so I want to ask you, um, why do you have the trust in it? And I mean, obviously you are a doctor, so I think we can probably assume the answer, but why do you have the trust in a governing body to, to tell the general public that they should be vaccinated? Um, ben, I'm so glad you bring that up. And people uh, are right to have these questions. They're not dumb for having these questions. They're not anti-American, you know, people, they're intelligent people asking these questions. Um, to answer, I would say, we have had these. They are mandated. You just don't remember it. The MMR is mandated. Everyone's, all of us have got the MMR vaccine. So first of all, it, it is something that we all do. We just were too young. We're babies when we got it. Um, a lot of people get the flu shot every year. Those that that's not mandated. But um, so this is not completely out of the, out of the blue or, or, mm -hmm. or novel. It is something that we, we all have gone through. But obviously, as an adult, it is something that's very new. And again, there are. Um, a lot of good re good questions out there. And I trust it because I've read the papers. I trust the governing bodies, the FDA, the CDC, um, these people who devote their lives and who have done this research, whose families are getting it, they're getting it, their families are getting it. And outside of some crazy, not crazy, but this, I don't, I just don't know what incentive people would have to not be truthful about this. And mm -hmm. so knowing the research and not understanding why anyone would want to lie about this, um, I trust it because for those reasons. Um, and again, it's just something that we're not used to, but we've all gone through. We've all gotten the MMR and other vaccines also. So it's just, I guess we just don't remember it. And uh, again, as adults, it's a little odd, but um, it's not completely new. Some people say that doctors have a, an incentive to have people get vaccinated like there's like a monetary incentive for you guys to be proponents for it what do you have to say about that um i if it, if there is then I'm, I'm missing out because i've not gotten anything from it but um but, but no there is no there's no fiscal incentive for uh, for doctors in any sense um i think the incentive is we want people to be healthy i think the incentive is i think being in a healthcare setting we don't want to get it you know we don't want to decrease our risk of getting it and so um and obviously the incentive is not having to go through what we went through again i, I always I, I wish people could like i had like a um some sort of like google glass where i could have shown what life was like when it was really bad and how it is now and people could just literally turn it on whenever they want and see the people on ventilators and um, yeah, just the scene that we all saw as healthcare providers during the height of COVID and how it is now. And it's much better post-vaccine in most places. Um, and 
again, it's because of the vaccines and we are all doing better. We are all able to kind of get back to a normal-ish way of life in large part because of the vaccine. And so um, with the, F, now that it's FDA approved, they are all FDA approved, uh, I think there's very little reason not to get it. Um, and uh, there's a great organization I'm working with called the Ad Council. Um, and they have a great website called vaccineanswers.org uh, that also has answers to questions that may not be asked right now, but to answers to very common questions that a lot of people, especially young adults have. Um, so I, I would definitely recommend people check that out. Okay. Final question for you. This is a personal one for me. Okay. Yeah. Hit me. I, uh, you know, I, I am fully vaccinated, but it took me a little bit of time because I wanted to, to learn about it as best as I possibly could. Um, Same here. read as much as I possibly could understand what was being asked of me. And then I made the personal decision again to say, yes, I, I, I believe I need to get vaccinated. I am having a hard time though. Um, with the idea of a booster. I am. I, I don't, um, maybe cause I don't know enough yet. Uh, I haven't learned enough yet. I haven't read enough yet. There's not enough out there for me to understand. So are you at all hesitant or are you all hesitant to get a booster shot? And what would you say to somebody like me who is hesitant to get a booster shot? Just because right now I am not, I'm lacking education in it. Um, and also it just feels odd to me, you know, like to have to do that. Uh, and I didn't expect to have to do that. So it's a little bit of a shock to me personally. Sure. Um, so right now the booster is recommended for um, people uh, 65, 65 and older uh, who have gotten the shot at least the second dose six months ago. It's for people who are in settings like healthcare settings or frontline providers or people who are going to be around a lot of other people like teachers um, who, again, six months later after the second shot, these are the people who are eligible, people who are immunocompromised. Um, so right now it's not necessarily recommended for people, you know, healthy people such as yourselves. Um, but again, the, the research shows that antibodies wane uh, after a certain period of time. And I think that is why, and I think they, the idea is that this booster shot will decrease even those few breakthrough infections that we're having will help decrease even those few numbers again to reach that herd immunity. Um, but what exactly I would ask you is what, what about it is, um, is concerning to you? Well, I, I can't say the booster is concerning to me because I, I don't know mm -hmm. if it is or not. I'd say uh, with the first one, and maybe people would call me a wimp for this, um, <laughs> That's okay. I get it. Uh, I, I wanted to, to see how people reacted to it. Like I wanted to see what it was. I wanted to understand more of like what I was agreeing to, um, and what I was putting in my body. And so part of that was understanding the research behind it, understanding, uh, you know, the, the symptoms from the shot, understanding how people were reacting to it. And then I felt, okay, yeah, I can, I can do this thing. You know, I want to do this. I, I, I willingly want to do this. But the booster, I just don't know enough yet. And that's why I wanted to ask you, because when I don't know just enough like, about something, I don't want to blindly, you know, step into it. Um, and maybe that's sure. the part that's most concerning is I just don't know enough. And that's why I thought, hey, this is a good moment. I'll ask a doctor. Yeah, yeah. it's, um, you know, it's the same as the other, essentially the same as the other vaccines. So if you've gotten the first two, then it's going to be, um, this, you should feel about the same um, after the booster. Um, and uh, I just think as far as I'm happy that you did your due diligence, uh, your research um, on the vaccine, how it works. It is not that easy. I try to make a couple of videos to, to show, kind of simplify it a little bit. Um, but, uh, but again, this is going to be kind of like a, like a weird um, wide kind of perspective, but 
I don't know how my car works. I don't know how my refrigerator works. And uh, I still trust in that the refrigerants used in the refrigerator don't uh, create a carcinogenic environment for my foods. And um, I think I leave that to the experts to do that. And the people who developed this vaccine, the people who studied it, who made sure they were safe, uh, the doctors who administer it, um, the whole system around it are the same people who developed Tylenol and antibiotics and, um, and every other medication you've taken. It's the same process that went through it. And so these are working, again, similar to, to Bachelor Nation. You got to trust the process. And, <laughs> um, and, and unless people have the wherewithal to um, have that medical training or that research training, or that scientific background, it's hard to understand it, but that's where, again, in this society, we just trust that our car is going to work, that it won't explode when we turn the ignition on, that, uh, that the engineers know enough that when I'm on my balcony, it won't fall down. So in the same way, I think, um, and again, that's not medical specific, but that's just, I think, um, how I view some things. Like but again, vaccine, yeah. it's not like people our age need to be going out and getting a booster not as yes, right. so, so let's yeah, just exactly, reiterate exactly. that yeah. uh yeah, exactly. and now i thought of one other why would people who already have um the antibodies from having actual covid have to get the vaccine because aren't the antibodies from having actual covid even stronger than the vaccine so that's also another good question so the antibodies still wane after after a period of time and so it's more just getting, um, and also the response, we know how our body responds to the vaccine and how our body responds to a natural infection is still, it's variable depending on a lot of things, a lot of, again, like polymorphic, there's a lot of variables that go into how we respond, our body responds. And the vaccine essentially is a control that we know how our body responds by looking at, I mean, it's 40,000 initially, now it's more than that, or 20,000 initially, but now it's more than that. Um, the people that were that were studied in both the Pfizer and Moderna trials. So we know that we know how effective it is in across different ages, uh, sexes, races, um, people with different diseases, and that's not true necessarily for natural infections. And so again, one antibodies wane depending on when you had it, and two, uh, the reaction to the vaccine is more controlled and more studied, more understood um, on a wider population versus any individual reaction. Okay, but I had chicken pox as a first grader and now I don't have to get it. And now I've never gotten a chicken pox vaccine because I had it. So how is that any different? So the type of virus, it's a varicella zoster virus. It's a, it's a little different. Um, they don't mutate nearly as quickly as coronaviruses mutate. Uh, that's that'll be one variable. Okay. Um, the other thing about like boosters and things that this is one man's opinion, but I think there probably might be other boosters on the line as the coronavirus keeps mutating, but the coronavirus is also a very different type of virus. And so the way, um, like the, has a spike protein that mutates a lot. And so it is just how it's constructed is very different. And so there are, there are measles, mumps, rubella where you can only get it. You, you, know, you only need it once and, or maybe a booster later on if you work in a healthcare setting, but generally you only need it once because they don't mutate very rapidly and some do. And so that's part of it. It's probably like the flu shot where like I've had the flu before, but I also get a flu shot every year because the strain is different. Exactly. There, there are some types of viruses and honestly, the most successful viruses that just mutate very quickly and uh, they're, they're just built different. And so, yeah, but that's also a good question. Well, Joe, you're built different. 
You're built well. <laughs> I'm proud of you, man. Hey, uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for asking or answering our tough questions. Uh, we rapid fired them at you, but uh, I don't know. Can't think of many guys that we'd rather ask uh, these questions to than you, considering you spend your quarantine reading, learning Spanish, <laughs> playing music, playing music, and working out. Um, if that doesn't say something about you, uh, I don't know what will. Hey, Dr. Joe, thanks for joining the Almost Famous podcast today. We appreciate you. Thank you. Guys, always a pleasure. Always great talking to you guys. And um, yeah, thanks so much for having me and uh, letting me be part of your podcast. All right, everybody. That's another episode of the Almost Famous Podcast. Thank you, Dr. Joe, for coming on. Uh, Ashley, it's been a pleasure. We'll talk very soon about the next upcoming really, really long episode of Paradise. I think they said it's like three hours, which three is... Three hours. Oh, episode. my goodness. Um, but we're going to break it down here on the Almost Famous Podcast next week. Again, stay tuned for a future breakdown of Michelle Young's men. Uh, they're her suitors have been revealed. We're going to break it down, talk about it, uh, make our first assumptions and judgments. It's always my favorite time because I can do it and feel like I don't get in trouble for it uh, because it's just kind of like a given. Anyways. Because it's blind. It's blind. We have no clue what we're talking about. Anyways, hey, I've been Ben. And I've been Ashley. We'll talk soon. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place 
for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 